0: Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, This is our Southridge member podcast, uh, hoping to give people some of the inside scoops on life around our church. And uh, I'm here today with our Ministry Services Director, Alicia Ha. Alicia, say hi to everybody.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Uh, You've been on this before, so tell us something that we don't already know
1: about you. Um, so I actually really love growing plants, like, uh, plants, plants. Yeah. So like orchids and succulents. Um, I mean, I find it relaxing and rewarding when they bloom. People have pets. I have plants. Okay. (laughs) Uh,
0: I also like to ask people when we've got space, uh, what they like to do for fun. So that might be part of it, but
1: no, actually. Yeah. Um, so for fun, I actually love to dance. So I do a lot of kitchen dancing and I love to go to Zumba. So yeah.
0: Okay. That's good (laughs) stuff to know. I don't know if we would have necessarily pegged you for a plant person or a dancer, but (laughs) that's fantastic. Um, Just some preliminary questions about uh, your role these days. You've been into this thing for just over six months, probably more like eight months now. Uh, How is it going? (laughs) Um, It's kind of a loaded question, how is it going as (laughs) a ministry services director around Southridge?
1: Sometimes it depends on the day. Um, Yeah. yeah. No, the role is going really well. Um, I'm still learning lots of new parts and um, different parts of the job. And I mean, I still love coming to work, so that's a good thing. And that, um, yeah, like it's, it, it is going well. So, Good. yeah. Knowing you're, yeah. you're
0: you're kind of semi-retired <laughs> right. previous to this, I know in our mid-year check-in, my, my big question was not, do you, do you like the role or, you know, how's it going? Yeah. It's just, do you like working? Right. How's that been for you? Just yeah. that, that shift from... Uh, sort of almost gigging with some hobbies yep. to now, you know, carrying a, a, a fuller time load. How's that going? Yeah.
1: I mean, like it took a little bit of adjusting for sure at the beginning. And now I feel like I'm in more of a rhythm and I'm even like just understanding when I come to work each day, what the expectation is or even, you know, so that's really good to know. So yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. also,
0: like you said um, in, in each of the, features of ministry services, let alone in the ministry as a whole, uh, it's quite the learning curve. It's it's a lot to get your arms around. For and, sure. And I mean, even just the IT and tech support yep. of our church across three locations yeah. is, is something to understand and get your head around versus the facility management and the maintenance improvements or, yeah. you know, we're going to talk today about finance, but all, all these features mm-hmm. are, you know, they're their own complicated dynamics, let alone how they all fit together and then serve all the ministries across our lo- all of our locations. It's uh, for sure, yeah, for a sure, big job. Uh, hey, uh, for the first time uh, in your role, you have kind of skated through uh, part of the, the quarterbacking of our budget development process. So mm-hmm. a few weeks mm-hmm. ago, uh, we approved at our annual general meeting our 2020 operating budget and That marks kind of the finish line of a process that is intensively uh, probably about two months from the middle or so of December to the middle of February. And obviously as a church, we're doing financial management throughout the year, but these two months are are kind of a, a more intensive season. And uh, so I thought we would talk about that, especially from your perspective as a newbie to this, to be able to report to other people who have never really been involved in the inside of that process, what it's like. Mm -hmm. So um, start off first things first by just talking about how you feel that budget development process went what, what, what was it like to go through it for the first time from your perspective
1: um i actually i felt it actually went really well and relatively smooth um probably because um, i'm grateful that you kind of gave me a bit of a heads up just to even prepare mentally that it was going to be heavy numbers in that during that two months um and the addition would be that i'm just grateful that my background with numbers and that helped kind of ease that pressure. Right. So that I, it wasn't something that I would have to figure out tons of and that, so that was good. It,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, first things first, it, it, it is a process, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of meetings and a lot of collaboration yeah. and a lot of intensive deep dives into, uh, different facets of the life of our church and ministries and departments and things, and uh, it is good, I guess, <laughs> when you're coming into it to have that warning to say, hey, your right. life is going to look different in budget development season than in the other 10 months of the year. Totally. That's, that's, that's yep. fair. Um, at a, a kind of a high level, what would you say that you learned about the development of our budget, either about the process or about the the budget itself, mm.
1: yeah, like like you kind of said, I think the the biggest piece that I learned was just the huge amount of collaboration that is involved in developing this budget. Um, You'd be surprised by how many um, people are actually involved in putting together this one document that we present at the AGM. Um, there's lots of prayers and intentionality that goes into this, and just how serious it is taken on, like you know how we steward our finances.
0: Yeah, a lot of people I know, especially at the member level, because of the way that we approach uh, approving the budget at the AGM, which we'll talk about in some some minutes. Uh, but you know, a lot of people feel like. You know, how come more people aren't involved in the process? Mm-hmm. And that's a legitimate question from yep. a membership-wide uh, perspective. But at the very least to say, you know what, there are a lot of stakeholders and, and yep. uh, a lot of people and a lot of moving parts involved in that uh, in that two-month process. For sure. Uh, similarly, what what could someone, because you would have formerly felt like you were more on the periphery to right. this. yep. Um, w- what can people maybe not see or know that now that you've been through this once... Mm. you You would feel like there's value for them to know, like, oh man, if I would have only known as a member or as a mm. uh, uh, you know a, a person involved in a ministry who wasn't carrying the load of budget development mm-hmm. um what what do you feel like is beneficial for those of us listening who are kind of on the outs uh, of of this process to know
1: um yeah, I would think like. I'd love people to know that one that we we take it seriously in that like I had mentioned um the other piece would be just the number of iterations of this budget like the it's not like you know we although we've been kind of developing it for a number of years now, but just how much of the the having to re- fine-tune it and make sure and, like, you know, discuss, like, um, are are what you're rallying for valid? And, like, you know, so that a lot of people don't realize there's the conversations in terms of that, like, you know. Yeah, even at um, a practical level,
0: how much gets cut. Right, right, right. right. Some people yeah. I know I, I, I talk with and they just assume that, you know, any idea whether it's a good idea or not it just gets tossed into the budget and off we go yeah uh, that that's not the case right. that, that there is uh, quite a bit of discussion and even uh, kind of mutual challenge yep. uh, among leaders and among departments and things uh, in order to to get to what we ultimately feel like we can we can uh, approve together in a it seems good to the Holy Spirit in us kind of yep. kind of way
1: yeah.
0: Uh, anything else you want to say on that?
1: Um, yeah, just mainly just, just even realizing how much each ministry area's work plan relies on, you know, how these dollars are being distributed, right? Like, so some some areas, maybe it's, Um, easier to lobby for more money and but yet other areas aren't in that so yeah I feel like that was something I didn't really realize as just a a member previously
0: yeah our budget and our our, even our financial collection you know our offerings and things it's not just about finances Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) you know
0: these these Directly tie into our capacity to advance the mission of Christ and yeah. as a local church, foster a lifestyle of full devotion and inspiration, connection, and action. And, you know, for kids and developing young adults in the ways that we do. And, and uh, you know, there is a, a, a very practical dynamic to money makes the world go round. And yeah. it, it, it is an essential resource to advance so much of uh, what God's doing around here. For, sure. um, for For people listening who might be unfamiliar with this kind of two-month process, let, let's actually walk through the stages of our budget development process so people can kind of understand it a little bit. Um, I guess it starts with kind of a, a financial analysis stage. Describe that, where we kind of... Essentially are holding our breath, waiting to see where the (laughs) where where the dust settles at year end of the the previous year. Talk about that
1: for sure. So probably like around like the last two weeks of December, it's a um, a super busy time for Kathy and her team. Um, They're busy trying to input all the final numbers from revenue and expenses. Um, And then this is where we get to see where we land. Right. Whether it's in the black or whether it's in the red. Um, then there's also some additional comparison work that's done just to even see how we had done compared to our approved budget from the year previous, and that to the to what we've actually spent in that. So yeah, both at a macro and a
0: micro yeah. level, like line by line, and and you know some of it's outside of our control and some yep. of it isn't. So right. you know where did our utilities end up? Right. Uh, right. What was you know how much? Heat and hydro were drawn on across our locations versus what we expected. How accurate are we actually uh, guesstimating or or, or establishing those budget numbers versus – you know, how how did different departments and leaders do on the navigation of, of spending and things like that. So that that's certainly, you know, outside of the the months before where you're monitoring the trending and seeing mm-hmm. you're you're kind of imagining, okay, are we gonna land in the black or red or how much do we need to rally the troops right uh in year end, that that kind of stuff. The last couple of weeks, uh and of course it's right around Christmas yes. and <laughs> you know, New Year's and stat days and time off and things. Um it gets a little crazy quickly, for sure. Because, and we'll make this point now, um, it's it's really the first week of January, even maybe before that, when our auditors show yep. up. Yeah. So we do a financial audit with an independent uh, auditing firm that comes in, and every year, uh, kind of combs through the books and processes and things like that. And uh, part of this is just awakening to the fact that ooh, it's audit. Prep season, yep. and so we've got to kind of make sure some stuff is organized right. as quickly as possible yep. by all the year files.
1: End. I'll have to get yeah, all yeah. organized everything um, from that
0: kind of analysis phase, and that mm-hmm. I would say goes into the first couple of weeks of the year. Right, right. You're, yep. you're watching the dust settle, and you're able to kind of analyze how we did based on trending and budgeting, and you know even at an individual line by line level. Then you get into the phase of what we would call the budget development for the next year where the departments Mm -hmm. and the various leaders who are part of it, they start to make their requests.
1: How does that work? So yeah, so in, in, in each department, there's actually um, a subset of item lines that various individuals would be overseeing on different teams. Um, so for example, in my world, um, there's like facility lines, there's IT lines, um, production lines, uh, general office supply lines, things like that, right? So what we would kind of then do is send out an email. Once that the dust had settled, um, we send an email to each team member that oversees a line and have them start like looking looking at their numbers um, and even, like, kind of looking at past trends or if there's any plans for big-ticket items, like, to make sure that that's added um, and considered aging of equipment or um, or any needs of other departments in that. So um, once they have their numbers, then we actually kind of sit down and go over are these realistic, are they not realistic, do we need to hold them off until another year, um, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the the work planning, like mm-hmm. the rally cry development of individual ministries or departments. That also factors into this too, because yes. they'll look, you know, we, we do work planning from September to June. That's right. the 10 month season that we're trying to move things forward. And so it kind of serves as a mid year review to say, hey, um, you know, in kids' ministry, for example, we, we're trying to move X, Y, and Z forward. And there's a couple of these things yeah. that require. You know, uh, uh, a large group environment upgrade from a facility perspective or, you know, a new curriculum or, you know, some some Mm -hmm. programming initiatives or whatever. And so there's there's a definitely a relationship to kind of a mid-year work plan check in as to what what uh, what relates to those specific budget requests as opposed to just so our members are clear. It's not just the same old, same old, Mm -hmm. you know, many of the lines will appear similar year over year, but it doesn't mean that we just have an idle blind, you know, autopilot kind of process to determining that. Right. Um, In addition, uh, it's helpful to understand, I think, that that. The way our budget gets formed isn't just a sum of the parts, meaning everyone makes the requests, all those requests, total, an overall number, and then we go to the church and the membership approves that overall number. There's also a process of trying to determine what that overall number ought to be, what right. we call the bottom line determination. So yeah. talk about that phase.
1: Um, yeah, that the bottom line kind of gets determined through collaboration and compromise, Um And so there's like um, some ministry areas that, like I mentioned, that it's easier to lobby for more money because their ministry is a little more sexier um, and then would have much more um, community impact. But then there's ministry areas sort of like mine that have budget lines like hydro and gas and cleaning supplies, and they're extremely less sexy, but still at the same time super important for the functionality of our overall um church and that. so um yeah so collaboration and compromise is is vital yeah
0: and this gets driven as well i should add, i should add this piece that uh from the perspective of our board of elders uh the the overall bottom line also gets weighed in on in a way that looks at like previous years trending mm-hmm. and even the capacity of our congregation and our membership so what at a big picture when we're not paying attention to the individual lines w- you know what we feel like we can afford where god's leading us even you know uh, economic considerations of our c- culture like are are we in a uh, an economy that is right. trending in a way that that we could imagine making a greater kingdom investment financially and expanding our, our budget's capacity. Or There's all those kind of big picture yep. uh, discussions that that try to create some overall parameters in which we can kind of work in, almost like defining the size of the jar, right. so that then we go back to these ministries, like you say, and we kind of fight tooth and nail back and <laughs> forth to, yep. to, to determine what will actually fit within that uh, bottom line of reasonability. And so uh, describe then what happens— once we have the first round of departmental requests.
1: Right. So once the um, first round of numbers are submitted, so our leadership team actually will get together um, and we go through these numbers. And so, yeah, there's a lot of conversations around, like, you know, um, what's feasible, what's not feasible. If things come in too high or there was too much dreaming in a certain department, we kind of go through another round of trimming down um, through the departments. So
0: And how do, um, just very practically, how does the Process of budget line edits get addressed. How do you? How does someone get a no?
1: Right. Um, <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> nice try.
0: <laughs> Save that for next year.
1: Right. A part of. I mean, like part of when you're lobbying for your numbers and that, like, you have to have a very clear reason why you're you're asking for that. Um, you know, and those numbers and the reasoning why, um, obviously, have gone through a lot of discussions, even through their individual departments first. Um, so yeah. So those based on sometimes like if if like we're needing more money for um a certain item that is much more critical we will have to kind of trim down in another area that's less critical at that moment and it's not saying we're not going to do it but it just means not in this season we'll kind of hold off for the following season and it kind of gets earmarked in that for another season yeah uh
0: hey shifting gears a little bit um when when we approve our overall budget there's More than just what our uh, membership donations pay for. We typically refer to that as our church operating budget. Mm -hmm. But there are some other things that are happening around here uh, that require and utilize financial resources that are essentially components of what we're approving, but not as uh, they're developed in sort of different ways. So, uh, describe for us, for example, just how the shelter budget gets developed, Mm because I know that's a different for sure
1: yeah um yeah that was very illuminating as well for myself because i mean we wouldn't really i wouldn't really know that prior um the shelter budget's a little trickier because it comprises of different revenue streams that need to be considered such as um, the region's commitment um, brands confound foundation or even possible uh, future grants and stuff right so um however the vast majority of our shelter budget comes from our weekly giving um so yeah so it, it just there's the all the- these other pieces that need to be considered, and not just um, that one part.
0: Yeah, often we, we we describe the shelter budget at whatever scale it it lands on as uh, a, a set of expenses that are linked to the expected supplementary revenue that we're going to receive from those sources. Right. And so. If, if we anticipate through our uh, you know, grants and government agreements and things like that, that we're going to have less or more Uh, funds available, Mm -hmm. then essentially our shelter budget is the assigned expenses related to those funds and nothing more, right? It doesn't really determine our overall shelter scale. And we talk about that often that, you know, as a church, we have a a significant investment into the ministry of something like the shelter over and above the the funds that we receive in those supplementary ways. So the shelter budget, quote unquote, is only those set of expenses that we've linked to that supplementary uh, Mm -hmm. financial support. Uh, re- in recent years, we've also had this social enterprise. And I know that you, you're you familiar with this. You came from that world serving in our, our Jamco. Um, how does a uh, how does a social enterprise's game plan get developed and its budget get established?
1: Um, part of, I think, like where Jamco kind of does their budget is really sort of based on how they plan to scale up their production for that year, right? So for 2020 and that, there are some, um, some big plans on how to increase production, and even find um, additional um, sources of uh, wholesalers and other um, locations where the jam can be present in that. And so that's how they kind of look at where um, their revenue can come in from as well as how much expenses are needed to go out. So. Yeah, and I mean our goal uh,
0: with the Jam Co is to develop it in a place where it is not only uh, financially sustainable, only on its sales so it doesn't require other grants or investments or whatever that we've received over the years but that ultimately it can be quote-unquote profitable in the sense that it can generate resources that can reinvest into homelessness that's the wheelhouse of equilibrium that we're that we're shooting for there Uh, as well uh, over the years we've had this uh, additional fund called a future development fund Mm -hmm. and it's paid for you know facility purchases or expansions or renovations. And uh, one of the things we didn't talk about as much in the uh, AGM was some of the emerging needs uh, for our future development fund, even in 2020. So talk about that for a little
1: bit. Right. So part of what we're realizing is just the age of the St. Catherine's location. Um, Some of the additional expenses we're kind of looking at are um, heating units that have sort of outlived their age. Uh, We've actually had to replace four units right now. Um, The other thing that we're four
0: four units in like a month.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So which has not been great. Um, The other thing we're looking at is actually the roof structure. So again, it's an older building and the roof has been leaking in several areas. So we're really wanting to make sure that we, address that so that we can provide the ability to upgrade some of our other areas for kids ministry or things like that
0: yeah and just so our members can see how this all fits together like when someone says oh you know we need to redo the st catherine's location roof uh in english that's a two hundred thousand dollar plus sentence yeah that's not just a random thought so i mean those are those are huge commitments but you know, you mentioned kids ministry, for example. Uh, I know that kids ministry would love to enhance the Sunday morning environment where mm-hmm. they meet in that one half of the gymnasium. But as they've sought to do some design and mm-hmm. some, some uh, facility improvement plans, they've actually held off because of the roof leaks that affect them where people right. have advised them, hey, until you're going to fix the roof, I would never throw money at these other, right. you know, more aesthetic improvements. Yep. And so in the whole sequence, right, you've got to, You've got to wait until yes. we make one commitment in order then to be able to make these other commitments in order to make our kids' ministry a more engaging environment in our St. Mm-hmm. St. Catharines location. So there's a huge exactly. domino effect for of, sure. of how all these play together. Um, switching gears then again, uh, I want to talk about paying for the budget mm-hmm. and, and for all these things. Uh, just for, so that everyone understands, again, you and I, uh, as close to this as we are, you and I yep. still have no idea, no information on what individual people give. Yep. Uh, only our finance director, Kathy Vandriel, has access to that information. Uh, but based on trending and data and things that we do have access to, uh, what have you learned about the financial giving of our church?
1: Mm, yeah, actually, this is probably one of the most amazing things I've kind of learned about our financial giving. Um so pretty much is what I've realized was just sort of the closing of the gap by the end of the year and, and sort of what I mean is sort of during the year there are some weeks that giving is much lower than others especially like the beginning of the year when people are paying off credit cards from Christmas or or whatever and um, we aren't quite sure like we're going to be able to cover our expenses and this is super scary because as you're kind of watching and we're a large organization we have payroll that happens every two weeks and Um, But what has been cool and by the grace of God in the end, like that gap between revenue and expenses closes and it seems to all kind of work, which has been amazing to see.
0: Uh, What would you want people to know about our financial giving that again if they're not really intensively involved in the process, they might not otherwise know. Mm,
1: um, yeah, I'd want people to know that sort of from all our ministry um, dollars or our ministry costs and that, that 54% actually goes towards action ministry, 28 to connection and only 17 to inspiration. Um, we're a missional church, um, which means that we believe majority of our dollars should be spent on our anchor causes and other action-based ministry. Yeah, I would yeah. say
0: you know, just to press pause on that again. If people wonder where that number comes from, you've now seen us calculate right. that number. Where yeah. you know we look at our budget, we've got it subdivided into the different uh, functions of our church. You know, inspiration, connection, action, and whatnot. And uh, essentially, we take the inspiration number. Mm-hmm. And divide it by the total of inspiration, connection, and action. Right. And similarly the connection and the action numbers. And so it's a it's a very easy calculation if someone had the budget that they that they wanted to do where this comes from. But the significance, and I would say, especially in my seat, you know, seeing the history of our church, where there there was a time where we literally invested no donation dollars into operationalizing anything related to compassion and justice at all. Mm. And that was even as a smaller scale, like when we weren't devoting or or spending a lot of money and to think about the scale that we're at today and the way in which that pie configuration has changed so that, you know, in the last number of years, we've said over 50%, like you said, 54 this year, over 50% of our, of our, Resources that we steward, we invest into operationalizing that compassion and justice aspect of the way of life of Jesus. That is such a significant Mm
1: -hmm. shift
0: and represents such a different way of doing church that I know, you know, when I throw that stat out at conferences to other pastors, like they don't even have a category for how they could get their church there. Mm, Right. And I think for some of us as members at Southridge, even if we've been around for a long time, it's been such a slow kind of steady transformation that we might not even realize how distinct that is. But that is, I, I appreciate you sharing that again, because that, that is a significant difference in life around here that I hope inspires us to uh, give faithfully and give generously because of the, the kinds of things uh, that we're ultimately investing those resources to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Along those lines, very practically, can you just walk through as a reminder all the ways that people can contribute financially towards our budget?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, So, of course, you can contribute each week during the offering time of each service. Um, There's also the ability to do automatic direct withdrawal. There are forms that are at each of the welcome centers um, uh, at each location. Um, Another option that we're happy to offer people is actually interact e-transfers so that way there's no more need to order checks or or withdraw cash in that in order to put into the offering Um, lastly we have the option of giving through your credit card as well
0: and then final question would be you know at the agm we gather as a membership and essentially it's a confidence vote we're we're not uh, you know, educating every single member in all of the detail and nuance of mm-hmm. what the lines represent and how, you know, how they've come to be, right. how the negotiation between departments and ministries has gone. I mean, that's a huge, intensive mm-hmm. two-month process that you've already described. Uh, and so this is just a, a, essentially a, a trust ratification, right? right. Uh, right. You know, do we have yep. confidence or not? And uh, it gives us as a membership, ultimately, the veto power to reject yep. the recommendation of a board. Um, But in that, I, I know sometimes members can feel like they haven't had an opportunity to be more involved. If a member wanted to be more involved, they wanted more information or they wanted to provide more input or things like that, uh, where could they go or how could they do that?
1: Sure. Yeah. If you're wanting more information or even have any feedback or um, wanted to get involved, you're more than welcome to email Kathy, um, who's our finance director, at kvandriel at southridgechurch.ca. You're also more than welcome to reach out to myself in that, which... Um, My email is at AHA at SouthridgeChurch.ca. If you love numbers and would be interested in getting involved, we're always looking for volunteers um, to help out with like data entry or counting, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, we've had people over the years and I I would throw myself into the mix, too. If you've got thoughts, you want to contribute to to me uh, uh, directly, uh, send me an email or or let's have a cup of coffee or lunch or something and talk about it. You know, some people love to, in a hands-on way, contribute to mm-hmm. our financial management yep. throughout the year, and they'll, you know, if you've got a half day or something that you could do remotely or whatever, and, and make a contribution, let us know. We would love to leverage those kinds of gifts, absolutely. Um, and and you know, in mm-hmm. some cases, people, uh, you know, we've got some really skilled like accountants yep. and you know, business owners and and financial management mm-hmm. experts in our community. And in some ways, it's just been kind of a consultative relationship where, you know, they've provided a few questions or, you know, hey, here's a few ways that I'd suggest going about this or organizing yeah. things or, or whatever. And if you'd like to salt and pepper our, our budget development process with your expertise and input, by all means, uh, send us a note. We'd love to, to hear more about that. For sure. Uh, any final encouragements, Alicia, Or maybe challenges uh, to our members when it comes to stewarding our finances through this framework of our operating budget?
1: Um, Yeah. So um, I would say be encouraged knowing that the money you give is being um, spent not lightly. Um, There are lots of prayer, collaboration, maintaining integrity and mindful stewarding that's happening. Um, my challenge maybe to our members would be if you believe in our missional impact in our community to give generously so we can continue to help and make a difference.
0: yeah, it's amazing you know people wonder why we would even talk about this sort of thing in a in a podcast and at the end of the day, I'd say there's two reasons. obviously in the money makes the world go round you know we we need financial resources in order to drive the mission of fostering a lifestyle of full yeah. devotion in inspiration connection action and such um, but even you know more fundamentally the thing Jesus taught about the most and the thing that the scriptures address the most is the relationship between faith and finances and you know there is something special that God does with people who steward the financial resources entrusted to us in faithful, Obedient, consistent, and generous ways, okay. and uh, you know, I come back to that that verse in Malachi, it talks about specifically the process of tithing, and it's the only time in the entire Scriptures where God dares people to trust Him enough, and He says, "Test me in this, mm. you know, test me in this, and see if I won't open the windows of heaven for you." And I feel like throughout the eras of our church's history, we've seen God again and again and again, you know, open the windows of heaven and allow us the taste. Of experiencing the kingdom of heaven on earth, you know, in our right. context, in increasing ways, and so, yeah, I appreciate you encouraging us, and and gang, let's 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 respond to Alicia's encouragement in that way by encouraging one another uh, to be uh, more faithful in this way, so that we can see God do all that He wants to. Uh, follow up with questions or comments uh as alicia has described but thanks for joining us uh in this conversation and for another edition of finding our way we'll see you next week take care everyone
1: see ya